Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. It's time for Justice Matters with former federal prosecutor and MSNBC analyst, Glenn Kirshner. A new court filing by Fulton County, Georgia District Attorney Fannie Willis reveals she's hoping to disqualify an attorney who represents 10 fake electors in her 2020 election tampering probe due to misconduct. But is there a conflict of interest? Here's Glenn. So friends, there's been some interesting reporting in recent days about Fulton County, Georgia District Attorney Fannie Willis's investigation of Donald Trump's Georgia state election crimes. And we've learned that Fawny Willis may have as many as 20, perhaps even more, but at least 20 targets in her sights, 20 different people who she is considering indicting. Of those 20 people, 10 of them are what we often heard referred to as fake electors. These are Georgia Republican politicians who signed fraudulent certificates falsely attesting to Donald Trump having won the Georgia state election when in fact he lost the Georgia state election. And these 10 fake electors, targets of Fonnie Willis's investigation, are all represented by the same person, the same attorney. And Fonnie Willis just filed a motion in recent days in court trying to get the judge to disqualify this attorney from representing those 10 fake electors. Here is the recent reporting from the Washington Post. Headline, Georgia District Attorney seeks to disqualify attorney for fake electors in Trump investigation. And that article begins, an Atlanta area district attorney investigating whether former President Donald Trump and his allies broke the law when they sought to overturn Trump's 2020 election loss in Georgia, asked the judge to disqualify an attorney representing some of the Republican fake electors who signed certificates falsely stating Trump had won the election in Georgia, claiming the attorney did not tell her clients that they had been offered immunity deals in the case. In a court motion, Fulton County District Attorney Fawnie Willis asked for attorney Kimberly burroughs Debro, who represents 10 of the alternate Republican electors, to be removed from any further participation in the case. Prosecutors claim Debro committed an ethical breach by representing so many clients simultaneously, including electors who have made adverse claims against other electors that Debro represents which prosecutors say is a clear conflict of interest. The filing cites interviews Fulton County prosecutors conducted on April 12th and April 14th with some of the electors represented by DeBro, which DeBro attended. Quote, 
During these interviews, some of the electors stated that another elector, represented by Ms. DeBrow, committed acts that are violations of Georgia law and that they were not party to these additional acts, the filing states. Additionally, in these interviews, some of the electors, represented by Ms. DeBrow, told members of the investigation team that no potential offer of immunity was ever brought to them in 2022. So friends, let's talk about what this means. First, what it means for the attorney, Ms. DeBrow, and then what does it mean for Fawny Willis's investigation? And perhaps most importantly, what does it mean for the timing of any possible indictment against Donald Trump or the other targets of DA Willis's investigation? First of all, for Ms. DeBrow, it's easy. She could be disbarred. Why do I say that? Well, if these assertions in the court filing by DA Willis are true, are accurate, have no reason to believe they're not, well, what Ms. DeBro did is some big ticket ethical misconduct. First, if you represent somebody and the prosecutor who's looking to indict your client makes this incredible offer, provides this incredible potential benefit to your client, you know what? We're gonna grant you immunity. That means a complete pass, depending on the nature of the immunity, but essentially a complete pass. You don't have to plead guilty to anything. You won't be held accountable for any of your crimes and we will immunize you and you'll have to testify about the crimes of others. That is an enormous benefit to somebody who may be on the hook for being a defendant in a felony case. If Mr. Bro failed to communicate that enormous benefit being offered by the prosecutor to her clients, that is big ticket ethical misconduct that will certainly get you investigated by your bar counsel, will at a minimum get you sanctioned, and could very well get you disbarred. But then there's a second alleged ethical transgression by Ms. DeBro. She's representing 10 clients, and some of her clients are trying to narc out, provide incriminating information about other of her clients. That is a direct, actual conflict. And that requires an attorney to remove himself, or in this case, herself, from representing both of those clients because you can't have split loyalties, dual loyalties. You can't negotiate a deal on behalf of one client that requires that client to incriminate another one of your clients. You know, that's like an ethical breach 101. So if these assertions are accurate and true, Mr. Bro is in a heap of trouble as an attorney. What does it mean for the ongoing investigation that we are waiting for indictments to drop in, right? District Attorney Willis's investigation. Well, if Ms. DeBro is kicked off representing all 10 of these fake electors by the judge, new attorneys will have to be appointed to all 10 of these fake electors, these targets of Fawny Willis's criminal investigation. Those attorneys are going to have to develop a relationship with the clients. They're going to have to review all of the information to date 
and then they're going to have to undertake to represent the interests of these 10 fake electors. And Fonnie Willis presumably will have her team meet with each defense attorney for each fake elector once that attorney-client relationship is in place. And it may be that they will re-extend immunity to one or more, one, two, six, eight, who knows, of these fake electors to see if they want to take advantage of that benefit that Ms. DeBrow allegedly failed to communicate to them last year, back in 2022, and see if they can strike a productive relationship with some of these fake electors and develop them as testifying witnesses against other fake electors or against other possible targets of the investigation, up to and including Donald Trump. That will take time. Now, whereas several weeks ago, it may actually be a couple of months ago now, we all heard D.A. Willis say that her charging decisions are imminent, I think we may have misheard that to mean indictments are imminent. I know that was kind of the way I received what D.A. Willis said, but here's the thing. Her charging decisions may have been imminent. Her charging decisions may have already been made internally, but once your charging decisions are made, before you ask the grand jury to vote on an indictment, what you do often as a prosecutor is you then approach each person that you intend to charge, each person that you intend to indict and say, we've made our charging decisions based on the evidence. We're going to ask the grand jury to indict you. You have one final opportunity to come on board, to accept responsibility for your own crimes, to plead guilty. Maybe we'll give you a reduced plea or another benefit, a reduced sentence once you plead guilty and are sentenced. If you decide to come on board now to flip, to cooperate against the others about whom you have information, you have evidence. So her charging decisions may have been imminent, her charging decisions may have been made, and she may have been going through the process of you know, communicating with each person she intended to indict to see who might want to plead and become a cooperating witness. I will tell you, friends, nothing will get the attention of the target or targets of a grand jury investigation, like hearing from a district attorney that our charging decisions are imminent. In fact, they've been made. Now, what you gonna do? So the fact that these 10 fake electors will potentially have new attorneys appointed to them, that may actually result in more time before we see the Georgia State grand jury returning indictments against Donald Trump and others. But I'd like to say we have nothing but time. The reality is we are left to do nothing but wait until District Attorney Fonnie Willis believes the time is right. And the time will be right. You know, we got an indictment of Donald Trump in New York. There will be an indictment of Donald Trump in Georgia, I strongly suspect. And there will be federal indictments of Donald Trump, courtesy of special counsel Jack Smith. I'm sure of it. Because justice matters.
Coming up next, after major protests, Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg is now agreeing to let an ex-prosecutor testify about the ongoing Donald Trump hush money case to Congress. Will he damage the case? This is Justice Matters. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Former New York prosecutor Mark Pomerantz, who had investigated some of Donald Trump's New York state crimes, will testify to Jim Jordan's House Judiciary Committee. What are the possible outcomes? Here's Glenn. So friends, Mark Pomerantz, the prosecutor who investigated some of Donald Trump's New York state crimes when he, Pomerantz, was at the Manhattan District Attorney's Office, which is now headed up by D.A. Alvin Bragg, Mark Pomerantz will testify before Congress. Recall that Jim Jordan, chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, subpoenaed Pomerantz, yes, Jim Jordan, who himself criminally defied, violated, blew off a congressional subpoena, the very kind of congressional subpoenas Jordan is now issuing, yeah, it's the death of irony. Jim Jordan subpoenaed Pomerantz to testify about his work on the criminal investigation of Donald Trump. And so Pomerantz ultimately now will testify in May to the Jordan-led committee that really should be renamed. It should be the Congressional Committee to Aid and Abet Donald Trump. Here is the recent New York Times reporting headline. Bragg agrees to let ex-prosecutor testify about Trump case in Congress. And that article begins, A former prosecutor who once helped lead an investigation of Donald Trump will testify before Congress next month, ending, for now, a legal dispute between Republican lawmakers and Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan District Attorney, who had sought to block the testimony. The former prosecutor, Mark Pomerantz, is now scheduled to testify under oath to representatives of the House Judiciary Committee in a closed-door deposition on May 12th. Mr. Pomerantz worked for the Manhattan District Attorney's Office for about a year, but resigned more than a year before Mr. Trump was indicted, and wrote a book that described his frustration with Mr. Bragg's approach to the investigation. Representative Jim Jordan, a Republican Ohio, subpoenaed Mr. Pomerantz this month, 
shortly after Mr. Bragg unveiled charges against Mr. Trump, accusing him of orchestrating the cover-up of a hush money payment made to a porn star in 2016. Mr. Bragg then sued Mr. Jordan, the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, accusing him of meddling in the affairs of the district attorney's office once it indicted Mr. Trump. The lawsuit sought to block the questioning of Mr. Pomerantz. After a federal judge declined to halt the interview, both Mr. Bragg and Mr. Pomerantz appealed to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit. The appeals court delayed the questioning, which had originally been scheduled for Thursday. During the delay, lawyers for Mr. Bragg and Mr. Jordan negotiated and reached an agreement that was announced on Friday evening. A spokeswoman for the district attorney's office said in a statement that the resolution would allow the office's general counsel, Leslie Dubeck, to be present for the questioning of Mr. Pomerantz. A lawyer for Mr. Pomerantz is also expected to be present, and Mr. Pomerantz may decline to answer questions that he is not authorized to discuss. Congressional Republicans may contest his right to remain silent in future proceedings. Quote, our successful stay of this subpoena blocked the immediate deposition and afforded us the time necessary to coordinate with the House Judiciary Committee on an agreement that protects the district attorney's privileges and interests. We are pleased with this resolution, which ensures any questioning of our former employee, Mark Pomerantz, will take place in the presence of our general counsel on a reasonable, agreed-upon time frame. We are grateful that the Second Circuit's ruling provided us with the opportunity to successfully resolve this dispute. So friends, the resolution of this issue is not a win-win. It's a win-lose. It's a win for District Attorney Alvin Bragg, and it is a loss for Jim Jordan. Why do I say that? Well, let's unpack it. Alvin Bragg managed to negotiate with the House Judiciary Committee to have his general counsel, Leslie Dubeck, present in the room during the deposition, fully able to protect the district attorney's criminal prosecution of Donald Trump and ongoing criminal investigation of some of Donald Trump's other crimes, such that if Pomerantz were inclined to answer a question, but general counsel Leslie Dubeck decided that the answer could potentially harm the DA's ongoing prosecution or investigations of Donald Trump, then she can shut it down. She can object to it. Now, first of all, I happen to believe that Dubeck and Pomerantz will be lockstep on what questions should be answered and what questions should not be answered, but here's the beauty of it. Once there's an objection to a question, Jim Jordan has exactly zero power to compel a witness to testify, to force a witness to testify. He has to just live with the objection. Unless he later wants to file suit and try to force the issue in court, have a judge order that Jim Jordan is right and the witness is wrong and the witness really should have answered the question, yeah, Jim Jordan is not gonna do that. So Alvin Bragg's investigation and prosecution of Donald Trump they are completely protected because he'll have his general counsel there participating in the deposition of Mark Pomerantz. 
And friends, here's the other thing. Mark Pomerantz, before he spent some time at the Manhattan District Attorney's Office investigating the crimes of Donald Trump, Pomerantz was a federal prosecutor for a long time, handling organized crime cases, RICO cases. He prosecuted mob boss John Gotti. He's well-equipped to handle Jim Jordan. Heck, he's had lots of relevant training and experience, hasn't he? And you know, Pomerantz, based on his book, believes that the evidence proves Donald Trump has committed all kinds of felonies for which he has yet to be held accountable. So the testimony of Mark Pomerantz, not gonna go so good for Jim Jordan or for Donald Trump. You know, frankly, this is one time I'm kind of sorry that we're not going to see the Republicans perform in living color. It's gonna be behind closed doors, the testimony of Mark Pomerantz. You know, usually I don't wanna see the Republicans fact-free questioning of witnesses. Usually I don't wanna see Jim Jordan's, you know, deranged auctioneer performance, you know, talking really fast so he can see how many lies he can pack into his five minutes. Yeah, ordinarily I'm not so interested in watching that, but given that I absolutely believe Mark Pomerantz will verbally tap dance all over Jim Jordan's head, I kind of wouldn't mind seeing it this time around. But given that Pomerantz's deposition will not be public, we'll have to wait for, I guess, Jim Jordan's press releases and TV appearances on the Fox Entertainment Network where he will regale Fox viewers with stories of how he beat up on Mark Pomerantz behind closed doors, which of course will you know, bear no resemblance to the truth of what happened, very likely, in the Pomerantz deposition. But we will also get accounts from the Democrats on the House Judiciary Committee, and we will get an accurate retelling of what happened in the deposition, what Pomerantz said about the crimes that he investigated, Donald Trump's crimes, the many felony crimes, crimes that he concluded he had sufficient evidence to indict and to prove beyond a reasonable doubt. Because as you may have heard, he ended up leaving the Manhattan District Attorney's Office in frustration because the DA wasn't prepared at that time to indict Donald Trump for the crimes Pomerantz had investigated and was prepared to prove beyond a reasonable doubt. We will get an accurate accounting of all of that from the Democrats who sit on Jim Jordan's committee to aid and abet Donald Trump. So, so we will get a clear, truthful, accurate sense of what Mark Pomerantz testified to. And that's a good thing because justice matters. Friends, as always, please stay safe, please stay tuned, and I look forward to talking with you all again soon. For more on Glenn, go to Glenn Kirshner 2 on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. This is Justice Matters.